0: I wanted to share with you just real quickly, it's just basically a recap now of all the things that Sandy and Pastor Pam have shared. I mean, I don't have anything new to share. The scriptures that I share are just going to echo the things that they said. But you know, the message that uh, that God gave me today really was sharing the goodness. You know, the things that have been entrusted to you, the things that have been planted in you, the truth that's been put in your heart, sharing that goodness with people who are all around you. We're all, I think, really outcomes of somebody sharing the goodness with us. And now when we, when we go in our lives, the idea is that, that we share the goodness with the people who are around us. The things that have happened in mentoring, you know, the things that have happened in Love Revolution, the things that have happened, you know, in these 11 weeks are, are things that impact us as individuals, and we've learned something. And when we learn something, it gives us the responsibility then to share that something with somebody else. And I taught for a long time, you know, 13 years in, in high school, and, and, you know, I did a lot of that kind of stuff, so I'm kind of a teacher-type person. You know, and the Bible says that there's five-fold gifts, and one of the ministry gifts is, is, you know, the calling to teach. And that's one of the five-fold ministry gifts. That's not necessarily what everybody's called to, but I will tell you this, that you all, are all called to teach something. Yeah. To you may not all be called to the five-fold ministry gift of teacher or pastor or evangelist or, pro, you know, I mean prophet, apostle, those. You may not be called to those five-fold ministry gifts, but we're all called to teach. The Word of God says so. And it says in Luke, in chapter 12, verse 48, it says that, that to whom much is given, it says much will be required. And then it goes on down and it says, And to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. And, you know, I chuckle because Sandy said, you know, you've been through mentoring now, so, you know, be looking for us because we're going to be doing it again next time. And you're thinking, well, I just got done with this one and you're asking me for more. Well, read the Scripture. It was Scriptural. <laughs> so you may have felt bad, but that was the Scripture that says, To whom much is given, much will be required. And I know you sometimes look at yourself and I look at myself sometimes thinking, I, I don't know how much I've been given. Well, I've been given something. See, you may, you may be here today and you say, I don't know a whole lot about the Word. I just made it through mentoring by the skin of my teeth. Well, then you've got something to give to somebody else. Give them the skin of your teeth. Give them whatever you've got. You have to share those kind of things. Because the idea is that we're all stewards of the things that He's given us. In staff meeting this week, uh, Heather was sharing you know, a story and something that, that God had been showing her about being a steward. And it says in Matthew, you know, it talks about the, the parable of the talents. And in the parable of the talents, you know, the master gave one ten, one five, and one one, and then he went away and came back. And, you know, one guy had ten, and he just, he just went bonkers with his ten. I mean, he went out there and, you know, did his stuff, and, and he earned ten more talents back. And so when his master came, he had all these talents to give his master and said, you know, man, I was just out there doing it. And the next guy had five talents, and he, he was the same way. I'm sure he was just thinking, well, what am I going to do with these five? And here was an opportunity, so he did that. And here was an opportunity, he did that. And so he did all this stuff, and he got, he got all those extra talents. And then when his master came, he said, man, here's all I got. See, they understood the, the idea of stewardship. That The thing that they had wasn't theirs, and so they better use what they have because that's what their master would do. You know, he's using it. It's his, so they're going to use what they have. And they weren't afraid. They weren't fearful. They weren't scared. They went out there and took a risk, you know, faith, living by faith takes risk in our life. So what you've been given today, what you've been given over the last six months, or what you've been given over the last year, or even the last 20 years that you've been saved, the things that you've been given and the word that's been taught to you, the things that you have learned are like those talents. They're on the inside of you, they're truth, they're revelation. See, they're the things that have made you and helped you become who you are today. Well, those things are like talents in our life that God has given us, and you take those talents in your life, and now the idea is to do something with those talents. It may be ability, it may be finances, it may be possessions, it may, I don't know what it is. You know, that part of your life may be friendship, that part of your life may be discipleship in an area. I mean, I don't know what that is, that thing that's been given to you, that's been planted in you over these years, maybe over these last 11 weeks, but they're like talents. And so those guys took those two talents, and they said, man, well done. The master came back and said, "Way to go." You know, just like Pastor Pam and the ones who are the mentors, way to go. You've given of yourself and you've given of your talents and you've platted it in people who have cut. Co- you know, you've done all those kind of things. But it goes down the line and continues on. But the poor guy who had, you know, he, he was the last guy. You know, he was the one talent dude. and He was the guy who was like, yikes! What am I going to do if I lose what I've got? See, and a lot of believers are like that they learn a truth or they learn a revelation or they get a little bit of the word of god and then they start you know they like the music box have you seen the story that pastor bill used to show years ago it was a little video of the guy who had the music box and it was kind of an analogy and he 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 got saved basically but the, the 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 representation of the salvation was a little music box that his life was humdrum and boring and when he, he would open up his box he would dance And the light would shine, and these these heavenly angels would come down, and they'd all do their thing. And I'm sorry, I don't dance. But, you know, I mean, that's what... But he he had his box. And he would go to work, and everybody would be like... Their job was, if you remember the video, their job was screwing bottle caps on. And they just stood there all day and just did this. And at break time, they showed them beforehand, they would all just sit and eat their lunch. And then they would go back to work and just screw the bottle cap on. And they would all walk through these awful streets... You know, but he got saved and he had this little box. But what he was doing in the beginning was keeping the box to himself. Like when everybody would go on break, he'd sneak around into the bathroom and he'd be like, "Woo!" in the stall, you know, being all happy all by himself while everybody else was doing this, you know, screwing on their things. He was, and then when he got home, you know, his wife was a battle axe. And, you know, the kids were mean, and I don't know what that is, but, you know, I mean, it was just rough at home, and so it wasn't happy. But, But... <laughs> He was probably not a good guy either, you know, but he had the Lord, so, you know, but he would go in his room, and he would shut the door, and he would do it, he would like, woohoo, you know, he would like do his dance, and the angels would be in the room, man, and they'd be shaking with him, and every time he opened it, man, there was like this great stuff going on, but he was always hiding it, and see, the, the moral of the thing, when he finally finished, you realize how important it was to open that up to everybody. And his kids are diving over the bed. They're doing circles and flips. And the people at work are like, "Woo!" they're dancing down the street, you know. And he's like bringing life everywhere that he goes. The guy with one talent was kind of hiding his stuff because he, was, he, didn't, he didn't know, what happens if I give it away? What happens if I, you know, my, my master, you know, if I, if I lose the thing that he's given me? I mean, he's a harsh guy. and things are, See, Jesus is not a harsh guy. He loves you. But the things that he's given us, the things that he's, he's put in our hearts, the things that, that we have, the things that he's taught us, and the things that we've learned. See, those, those things are, are like those talents that have been entrusted to us to give out to other people everywhere that we go. So you're just a steward. A steward is someone who just watches over and takes care of the things that have been trusted to him. And Heather shared the story, and she said, you know, when I was in a job before, uh, it, was, it was previously, she said it was, it was, you know, it was a business. And my job was kind of do, you know, do the books, and the bills came in, and the checks went out. And she said, you know, I never, once I got into the job, I never had to take a thought so I never had to take a thought of, like, how are we going to pay things? I didn't have to take a thought of, you know, where am I going to get the money? I didn't have to take a thought of, like, oh, my gosh, you know. She said, it was really, you know, like, this all came in. They said, do this. I did that. It went out. And I was done. And she said, I, you know, I, God showed me that's what it's like to be a steward. See, he is the one who's taking care of you. He's the one who's pouring the talent. He's the one who's pouring the wisdom. He's the one who's giving you the things. He's the one who's teaching. You're learning. And then your job is then to let those things go. And if, and it, but see, we want to hold on to him. It's like, ah, I don't, I'm scared to talk to that person, or I'm fearful to do this, or, or what if I give my last dollar and then I don't have any money? Or, wait, I mean, you have all, so all these thoughts and things come. But she said in her heart, really, just to be a steward was real simple. It was just to be the person who takes care of the things that are entrusted to them. She said, they entrusted me with the bills (laughs) and the money to pay the bills. And she said, really, all I did was marry the two things together. And I didn't have to, they're the ones who provided the money. And all I did was take the money and put it with a thing and send it on its way. And she said, somebody else was providing all the stuff. Somebody else had all the responsibility to take care of all those kind of things. See, somebody else has the responsibility to take care of the word of God that you share with somebody else. Somebody else, that's God. See, somebody else has the responsibility as you reach out to help somebody, now, you could be a part of it. You know, I don't know what God, part God has for you to play in that, but it's God's, see, it's God's responsibility to take care of that. In your life, if you're depleted because you're giving out, he'll replenish. In their life, because they need those things in their life and they need more than what you would ever know to do, he's the one who fills in the gaps. See, his grace is the thing that takes it to the next level. But you can't be like the one guy with, or you can't be like the one guy with the one talent. You got to be like the guy with the five and the ten. And we've all been entrusted and we've all been given something. So you can, you can go out and you can teach and you can do these kind of things. And I was a teacher, so I always talk about teaching. I would encourage you, there are people in your path, people in your life whom you can teach. I think I even used that right, didn't I? Whom? See, I'm seeing whom, see. Sandy's our resident uh, English professor, so I'm just making sure I do the right thing. In Matthew, let's see, Jesus was always called a teacher. And our job, really, or our life is supposed to reflect and and be part like, you know, our image is supposed to be like his. And if he was a teacher and that's what he did, then we should be teachers as well. It said that he was somebody who came on the scene and he healed people. Well, what has he given us The, the, the opportunity and the power to do? To do that. Now, we're not the ones who heal, but we're the instrument that he uses maybe in a situation to put hands on somebody and his healing power flows into them. See, Jesus had wisdom, and he said that he's given us his wisdom. And Jesus was always knew the word, and he's given us his word. And so in all these things, we're supposed to be like him. And in the Bible, it constantly calls him teacher. And it says, now, when it came to pass, when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples, that he departed from there to, to teach and to preach. You know, it says in John in chapter 3, it's Nicodemus. And Nicodemus said that he was a teacher from heaven. It says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. And all through the Bible, people always greeted him as teacher and called him teacher and said that he went and taught and he did. So, you know, if we're going to be like him, then that's what we're supposed to do. You know, he's put little ones in your house so that you can do what? Not just lord over them, but teach them. (laughs) Okay, whatever you got to do, Melissa, it's all good. Either way, you know, it'll work. (laughs) Got two boys. I know. I know. I know. I bless you. I know. Your two boys were, uh, one, the older one was helping in the sound booth and youth when I was over there earlier, and I had some of the other ones taking some of the boxes and some of the decorations upstairs into the attic. And her youngest one, Sean, he's only about this tall, and he just loves to help. And so I was having him start to take some stuff up, and he grabbed something and said, Can I go up the, the stairs into the attic? And he grabbed that thing and was on his way up the stairs. I said, Sure, man, go ahead. And then I turned around and thought, Poof, I grabbed a hold of him. No higher than that. Because if, if you fall out of that attic, your mom will kill me. So you stay right there. Oh, so I know what you mean. I mean, he was on his way up into the attic. Who knows? And that attic, man, spans the whole place. We would have never found him. <laughs> so, but if you look in Matthew, and I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere you haven't been and not sharing any scripture that you haven't already heard. But even the things that I'm talking about are the things that Pastor Pam and Sandy and Brad and, you know, others have already shared. But it says, go therefore, in verse 19, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But verse 20 says, teaching them, teaching them to observe, it says, all things that I commanded you. And in the Message Bible, it goes on and it says, go out and train everyone, it says. Go out and train everyone that you meet far and near in this way of life, making them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, marking them. And then it says, then instruct them in the practice that I've commanded you, to go out and to train and to instruct, which is basically the definition of teach. Same stuff, same word, synonyms. Right, Sandy? I'm telling you. (laughs) Teach means to cause to know something or to show how. See, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child, right? It just said there, it just said in the Message Bible, train everyone that you meet. But it says, train up a child in the way they should go. that when they get older, they won't depart from that thing. See, the little ones who are in your head, they're ones for you to train. People in your life, they may not be little ones in your home, but spiritually, they may be little ones compared to you. And those are ones that maybe you're there. God's put you in their life to help train them. Oh, I don't hardly know anything. Well, then teach them what you know. Pastor Pam, if you remember her story, and you remember her, her story of being down there in the, in woman's basement and all these different places, and when we were out in Tulsa and, and Joel Osteen's brother was out there and he was part of the medical school, and, and uh, I mean, that's Joel Osteen, you know, the guy on TV, and uh, Papa Osteen, and Paul was the brother who was there in the medical school, and, and he was there, and he was bringing her books from his dad, you know, and I mean, all that kind of stuff. And they wanted her to lead their, their Bible study. Well, she thought, she thought oh, I don't, I don't have a clue. What do I have to teach these people? But God opened up the door. And so what did she do? She ran into the closet or into the bathroom and said, oh, God, <laughs> I know you know where I am. See, but God showed her something. She'd learned something. God put something in her heart. She sought God and said, what is it that I'm supposed to? And as God poured it into her, then she just went into that place. I mean, this is Paul Osteen. This isn't, you know, this isn't somebody who doesn't know what's going on. These are all medical students at ORU, at Oral Roberts University. So they're smart folks. Many of them have been saved a long time and know a lot of stuff. But God entrusted her to go, and he put her in that place, and he instructed her and taught her. She learned things, and then she taught them. See, she took the talents, and she took the things that were put in her heart, and then she shared them with the ones who God brought along her path. Who knows? You know, who knows what God will do in those people's lives because of her obedience? He says here that we're supposed to go, we're supposed to teach, we're supposed to instruct, we're supposed to impart into people who are around us. Who knows what God has, see, for each one of you? Who knows what God has for the people who you're supposed to be in contact with? It says in 2 Corinthians, and we can look here and we'll close with the scripture. It says Second 2 Corinthians in chapter 3, that really, truly, it's not you. So breathe a sigh of relief, go, whew, you know, it's not, it's not you, it's him in you. And it's not what you know, it's what he put in you. You know, Mike's been trained, you know, to do a lot of things and to teach. Mike Lamont, and, and, you know, he went through management things, and he taught management schools. I mean, he did things, you know, in the business world. He taught, and he instructed, and he knows how to hold conversation. He knows how to do those kind of things. Well, what did God do? He didn't put him in that situation. He sent him up to a bunch of kids in jail. He said, here you go, pal. You already know how to talk to adults. You probably wouldn't have to trust me a whole lot to talk to adults. If you talk to Mike, he'll keep you captive for about 25 minutes on anything. The carpet, the brick, the stain, whatever it is, man. He'll keep you captive for 25 minutes on whatever that is. So God took him and took him out of this place and said, you know what, you've got talent, you've got gifts, I've put things on the inside of you. Now you're going to take all the word that you've heard and all the word that's changed your life, and now you're going to take all of these things and you're going to mix that with the things that I've already put in you, and now out of that's going to come this new thing. And it's about him being our sufficiency. And you know what? The things that Mike says to me when he talks to me about what happened at the prison, 247 people saved so far, what he talks to me is the same kind of things as what Pastor Pam shared with us. He says, I sit in my truck and I pray until I'm ready. (laughs) He says, I sit out in the parking. I get there early. He says, I don't pull in late. I get there early. Because if I get there early, then I got time to pray and say, okay, God, I'm about to come through the doors. When you go through the door and it (laughs) goes, you better know what you're doing. (laughs) That's not time to be making it up as you go. (laughs) You better have the anointing of God. It better be the greatest place for you to be. But you know, he says, I sit in my truck and I pray. And then God begins to, to confirm what he has or he shows me something new. And then I go in there and I do what he told me to do. And then you know what? Next week, I go home and I sit down and I read a lot more. And I pray a lot more and I learn a lot more. And then I take what Pastor Pam preached or I preached or Pastor Bill or somebody taught mentoring or something that God showed him or whatever it was or the series that he's teaching. He takes all that. He goes and he st- now, see, he's getting all that talent, see? All those things. And then he goes up there and says, God, come on. This is what you've given me, and I'm ready to go. Let's do this together. I'm your man. You speak through me. And then he goes in the doors and lets it all out. See, he's not sitting in the parking lot saying, Woo, that was a good word. That's a good word on Sunday, Pastor Pam. Yeah. And then come back on Wednesday and say, Oh, that was a good word, Corey. He doesn't even remember the word anymore because he gave it away. (laughs) Not really, but, you know, I mean, it's that kind of idea. In your life, are you giving it away? See, if you're a mentor, you now, you know, you've mentored, so now you're gonna to have to go out and find somebody else. If you're a mentoree, or a mentored, or whatever they call them, that sounds bad, sorry. Don't write that down. That's gonna show up somewhere. He always writes down things that I mess up. And then he like puts it on a loop and leaves it in my office. And so when I answer the phone, it says, mentored, mentored. Thanks, man. Always. Whether you're a mentor, mentoree, or one of the ones who were mentored, you got to go out there and pour it into people's lives. So really, just two things. What do you teach and who do you teach? Teach the truth. You may not think you know a lot, but you know something. So you may not think you've been given a lot, but you've been given something. You may not think you have a lot, but you got something. So you you might not think you have enough money to give to somebody to make a difference, but you got something. See, what you have in your hand may not meet your need, but it may be seed that you're going to plant in somebody's life in some situation. Toward the thing that you need, sure, but you don't know what it'll do in somebody else's life. So you have to teach the truth. You have to be prepared. You have to read the word. You got to be led by the spirit, all of those things, but teach the truth. And the last thing is, if you look in, in, in Matthew, you know, in 28, again, at those same scriptures, who do you teach? Everybody, all men, whoever God puts in your path. Whoever God brings into your life, that's the person. It's the most important person that you meet that day. I think sometimes people kind of think you might be blowing them smoke, you know, when they show up and you smile and you're glad to see them and you shake their hand. People come in the door here and they they walk out and they go, man, the one thing, man, they were like crazy huggers there, man. They were all like lovers, you know. I mean, that's kind of the, you know, it's kind of our mark. (laughs) I don't think it's a bad mark. They feel the love of Jesus. They feel the love and acceptance and forgiveness of the Lord when they come in here. Nobody's blowing them smoke. That's who we are. So you're sharing it with them. Welcoming them, people with open arms. Speak it into their life. What do you have need of? How can I help you? What, do, what can we do to make things better for you? So that's what our pastors do. So they love us, right, back to life. So you, now that you have these talents, these abilities, these gifts, and these things that have been entrusted to you, do we love other people back to life? Do we share the love of God with them, the word of God, the things that he's taught and trusted us? See, teach the truth and teach everybody that God puts in your path. And he'll take care of all the rest. Amen. Let's stand up together. God's good. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org. Or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.